Bible is a subversive document. It always has been. As we read its ancient stories, we read over and over again of freedom, of God's never-ending quest to liberate God's people from oppression and bondage, and of God's deepest wish for all human flourishing. Jesus himself told people right up front what he was going to be about. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, he said, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free. During this season of Lent here at FCCGE, we will be examining the very real forces and systems that prevent God's people from flourishing. And as we travel with Jesus on his lonely road to Jerusalem in these next six weeks, we will uncover and awaken ourselves to the strong message of our liberating faith. So to set the scene for our gospel reading from Luke this morning, Jesus is at church, just as we are, just as a, on a regular Sabbath day when he spots a woman, a woman in need of healing, a woman in need of being unbound from the forces that bend her. Today's scripture reading is from the book of Luke, chapter 13, verses 10 to 17. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, there are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, you hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it to water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things being done by him. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. We come here this morning, O oh God, into your presence, bringing our lives into the context of your love and your will, bringing the contents of our hearts and our joys and our fears, our sorrows and doubts and dreams, as you have done down throughout the centuries, O oh God, startle us with your presence, with your love, and with your liberating grace that includes and gathers us all into your embrace. 
through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. As I said, the Bible has always been subversive. It has always made those in power, those who strive to maintain the status quo, a little bit nervous. What with all its talk about justice and mercy and liberation, it's no wonder they get nervous. Have any of you heard of the so-called slave Bible? It's a Bible widely distributed in the early 19th century that had all references to freedom and slavery completely excised, while of course keeping the reference to obedience and submission to one's master kept in. It contained only about 10% of the Old Testament, uh, the Hebrew scriptures, and just half of the New Testament. Notably missing from this Bible were passages like Galatians 3.28, there is no longer Jew nor Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male or female, for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. Pretty subversive stuff. Also missing was from the Old Testament, Exodus 21. Whoever kidnaps a person, whether that person has been sold or is still held in possession, shall be put to death. And Deuteronomy 23, you shall not hand over to their master any slaves who have taken refuge with you from their master. Let them live among you in any place they choose, in any one of your communities, as seems good to them. Subversive stuff. This was not the good news, the good news that some folks wanted distributed widely, especially to the people they had enslaved. But friends, this is the God we serve. And this is the Christ we follow, the one who liberates the oppressed, the one who seeks, seeks always human flourishing. But we know, don't we, that Christianity can always be appropriated and used and abused and twisted to serve those in power. You need look no further than the angry crowd carrying crosses and Christian flags on January 6th, seeking to overturn a fair election and lynch the vice president. You need look no further than that to know how, how the religion that we claim, and worse, the Jesus we have chosen to follow, can be used for oppression, or disused for oppression rather than liberation, the liberation that God has promised us. In fact, just as the slaveholders made it unlawful to teach blacks to read and write, we still, to this day, have those who would hide our actual history from our school children, lest they get the wrong ideas. Like many of you, I am white, educated, cisgender, 
I enjoy a lot of privilege, unearned generational privilege in our society. I am not a Hebrew slave held in Egypt under Pharaoh's crushing power. I am not a poor Jewish peasant in Israel, in an Israel occupied by the brutal Roman Empire as Jesus was. So what might I know of God's constant bending of the moral universe toward justice? I recently heard the story of a couple of teenagers, students at our local high school, who like many of their friends, ventured into downtown Glen Ellen at lunchtime. These two young women happened to be wearing hijabs, scarves covering their hair, as was their custom. And then one woman accosted them and told them, and you're in America now, you don't have to wear your headscarf, you must assimilate. Sounds more like a Star Trek episode of the Borg than a couple of innocent teenagers trying to grab lunch in town. You must assimilate. That is what those in power always want us to do. But I think Jesus calls us to something different. Jesus calls us to loosen the ties that bind us, that bend us over with the heavy weight of oppression, whether it is our own or someone else's. Sometimes, perhaps like that woman in downtown Glen Ellen, I think we find ourselves trapped in prisons of our own making. Sometimes the weight of fear about the future or the future of someone we love can bend us low. Sometimes the weight of physical illness or of aging, of disease, sometimes they can feel like chains that bind us. Depression, chronic anxiety, addiction, other types of mental illness can be that elephant that sits upon our backs. Sometimes I think it's shame itself, that feeling of perfectionism, of never feeling good enough or pretty enough or accepted in our society. Sometimes that is what we most need to be liberated from. Sometimes it's more practical, the worry about money or the state of the world or the climate or the constant threat of gun violence, all these things can leave us captive and prevent us from flourishing as God intends. Even as a relatively privileged white woman, I personally know that there are chains that bind me, forces that keep me captive, things for which I need to be released. Which is why I love the story of the bent over woman we don't know whether her burden is physical, mental, or spiritual. But like her, I know that we can find ourselves bent over from the many burdens of life. We can carry around on our backs so much baggage, 
So much baggage from our past, past hurts, abuse, disappointments, losses, shame. So much baggage that we become crippled and unable to move forward. And like so many of the people that Jesus healed, lepers, Samaritans, tax collectors, the paralyzed, the unclean, this woman represents a category of those who lived on the margins, who were at least partially excluded from their society, cut off from the freedom and the fullness of life. When Jesus sees her, sees her, this unassuming woman bent over from her burdens, unable to straighten up, unable to look another person in the eyes for 18 years. When Jesus sees her, he recognizes her as one who needs to be released from the chains that bind her. I love how Jesus calls her out, calls her out from the margins of the synagogue. He invites her to stand in the middle, as if to demonstrate that she has equal standing with all the men who claim the right to be there. And Jesus being Jesus, he lays his hands upon her, overturning the rules of social propriety, crossing boundaries. He calls her a daughter of Abraham, a title only, we only find in the Gospel of Luke, which implies her equality with the sons of Abraham. She is a full member of God's covenant people. And finally, and most astonishingly, he heals her. But the Greek word here is not the word for heal. It is the word for set free or released from bondage. He sets her free from the chains that have bent her over so that she is now free to stand up straight, to unfold herself to look them all in the eye as if she belonged. And she began to praise God. Set free from cultural and spiritual oppression, she can now become the person that God intends. Set loose from the binding ties of her society and her life circumstance, she is now free to become a full member of the community with equal dignity can stand tall. The powers that be, of course, are none too happy. His fellow Jews seem unable to rejoice in her liberation and prefer to criticize Jesus uh, as a lawbreaker, demonstrating not only their pettiness but their fundamental blindness. Jesus points out their hypocrisy, that they will do the work of untying and watering their own animals on the Sabbath, the work of liberating and seeing to the comfort of their livestock, but they will condemn Jesus for supposedly breaking the Sabbath by rescuing one of his fellow human beings from bondage. They have forgotten, I think, 
the original meaning and purpose of the Sabbath, to bring people release and freedom, not to further the burdens of oppression. The Sabbath is not meant to bind us, but to free us. When those young Muslim girls accosted in their own town by ignorance, courageously brought the incident to the attention of a trusted teacher who took it very seriously and who then took it to school administrators who also took it seriously. They in turn brought it to, into conversation with one community, a group of civic leaders who gather monthly to talk about race in our town. They in turn brought it to the village board who apologized to the girls for their experience and issued resolution 1904, affirming its support for a community free of racism, hatred, and bigotry in all its forms. It was a small step to be sure, but an important one nonetheless. In a moment, we will be singing that lovely spiritual go down Moses, a song crafted by enslaved people who were often literally bent over and in chains. They created this song using those subversive stories from the Bible to give us to sing out about how Moses should tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Then maybe the God of liberation could do the same for them. Friends, I don't know. I don't know what is weighing you down, what forces within or without that occasionally bend you over like a heavy weight. I don't know what things you need to be freed from. What I do know is that we need more and more formally bent over people in this kingdom of God we are trying to build. Where there is no Jew nor Greek, no black or white, nor slave or free, no male or female, no gay or straight, no us, no them. For all are one in Christ Jesus. What I do know is if we see someone beginning to unbend from the ties that bind her or him, we need to do all we can to give them a hand, to at the very least give them a little standing room and to look them in the eyes. That's your sister, that's your brother, rising to their full stature. Hallelujah. And if for some reason you find your own spirit bent over and weighed down today, bent out of shape, and you think that's the way it must be or it has to be, then know you are given divine permission to straighten yourself fully, to stand up and be who you are, to be free to rise up and stand tall and to look people in the eye. Let it be so for you and me. Amen. <laughs>